Hey everyone, and welcome to Hero's Journey Physio Fitness. Our mission is guiding people to reclaim their health and become self-reliant. I'm your host, Dr. Cameron Hogue, and joining me is my co-host, Annabel Rios. All right, we are going live in three, two, one. Welcome guys to another episode of Hero's Journey Physio Fitness. We want to welcome you guys to the second episode of the, of the new year. If you haven't listened to our first, what's it, five to six episodes, Something check like them that. out. They're going to give you the foundation to everything else that we discussed, that we're continuously building upon. If you listen to the first five or six, you'll have a good foundation on all the topics you need to know about health and fitness. We kind of decided that way. Please like and subscribe share the podcast, leave a few reviews for us. It's going to help it grow and also help people like you find us. Spread it to the ends of the earth. (laughs) Though we do have a few listeners from all over, which is pretty cool. We do. So shout out to you guys. You're the ends of the earth. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe we're the ends of the earth from your perspective. We do want to tell you guys, we haven't talked about them in a couple episodes about legions. So Legions is the number one brand of all natural sports supplements in the world for a few good reasons. Number one, they use all all products are 100% natural. That means no artificial sweeteners, flavors, or dyes. Number two, Legions doesn't use any proprietary blend. What you see is what you get. And number three, Legions only uses the clinically effective dose of ingredients that have been proven to work. And they do more than just protein. There's pre-workouts and vitamins and fat burners and and all that kind of stuff. So if that sounds good to you, head on over to www.legionsathletics.com and use code HEROES, that's H-E-R-O-E-S, to get 20% off your first order. And then if you use that code, you get double loyalty points on each order after that. That means AKA free stuff. So do it. Try the cinnamon cereal protein. It's we, really good. We we push that cinnamon cereal so hard. <laughs> we they're probably, they're probably like, is that the only thing you get from them? No. <laughs> but yes. So today's outline. It's a it's a t- topic I think him and I always discuss. It's we're talking about calisthenics. Well, we actually had one of our listeners tell us they wanted a, an episode on this. Yeah. So we do read our DMs. So keep sending us more DMs on future topics, things you want to know more about. And calisthenics is it's always interesting because the idea of calisthenics, being able to take it wherever you go, it's exciting. So we kind of want to talk about what, what is calisthenics, the absolute versus relative strengths. And calisthenics, is it good for hypertrophy, body mastery? And then the difference between open chain and closed chain. And what are the what are the best exercises for beginners? I think a lot of times when beginners start, they they look at the videos of I don't know um, Chris Araya doing all these crazy things. They, they they try to jump right into it, but they may not be beginner friendly. So we want to talk about some beginner friendly calisthenics movements, and then discuss some of the advanced ones, and then how to properly program a calisthenics routine, and then our recommendations to finish off. Yeah, I, I think that you're right on that, Annabelle, where there is a there is a cool um allure of I can I just go to the park. You know, I can just, you know. I think there was one time even in college where I was like, I don't know, I was tired of going to the gym. So like in my bedroom I was working on like 
handstands against the wall and uh, one of the, what are those things? I think tripod where you're like balancing on your head and your arms, kicking your feet up in the air. I was doing a lot of um, like calisthenic movements just just in my room because I was like, I can just I can just do it there. And there is like a a, a cool aspect of that. But what is it? You know, uh, I think when it comes to calisthenics. <clears throat> You know, if if we're talking true calisthenics, okay, calisthenics only, that is basically basically reliance on your own body weight for the sole source of resistance. Okay, so if you add any sort of weight, weighted vest, you hold a weight, you put a weight on your back, you are no longer doing calisthenics, quote unquote, only. You are now doing either a weighted calisthenic movement, or now you're venturing into like powerlifting, bodybuilding, Olympic lifting. You're you're moving mm. a weight uh, around through space as well. So it's really just your own body weight is the sole source. So that's kind of what yeah. it is. And there's so many different camps too when it comes to fitness. There's the calisthenics only. There's a powerlifting only. There's the bodybuilding. There's all these different camps. And we'll, we'll, we'll give you our opinions towards the end. And the, I think the beautiful part is <clears throat> Annabelle and I love all of it. We, we yep. think, you know, if, if you are uh, bodybuilding only, like we're not sitting here shaking our head at you going, get with the program here, people. Like, you know, the amount of people who actually don't even work out or take their health and fitness seriously. <laughs> uh, and if that is how you start to take your health and fitness seriously, we love that. And uh, so we love the calisthenics only camp. We love all those different only camps. Um, I think we've tried quite a bit of them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, so a little bit more on the calisthenics is so one of the unique things that is a little bit different than some of the other uh, forms of fitness is that it does place this unique premium on strength to weight ratio. Okay. And what we mean by that is you, if you, if you have excessive body weight, though, you might be strong, you might be able to bench a bunch of weight but you might not be able to do a bunch of push-ups or a bunch of pull-ups. Um, it, it, it places this unique premium on the fact that you have to have your body weight under control in order to be able to do a certain amount of repetitions of even mm. of some of just the basic movements. So if you think about uh, the military, the army, the SEALs, um, the army range, all that kind of stuff, they have a physical fitness standard that include usually to some portion running, push-ups, pull-ups, a swim, depending on, you know, uh, where, what you're applying for the and branch. all that kind of stuff. The, the branch. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, but those are all calisthenic movements. And I think there is actually, <clears throat> I don't remember which branch of the military, but they were incorporating like deadlift, body drag, uh, pushing, uh, like almost like an overhead press with some like, um, uh, bullets or something like that, like, a holding some sort of can or something. I did hear that. Yeah. But typically, but typically they're all calisthenic movements. Why? Because the military also places this um, standard on weight, like BMI and uh, <clears throat> neck and weight or neck and waist measurements. So you have to have those under control in order to to not only get into the military, but to be able to, to perform some of these exercises. So the reason they do that is because if you if you have excessive body weight, you're most likely, most likely, <laughs> maybe you are cannot do some of these basic calisthenic movements or at least the desired amount of repetitions of those movements. So calisthenics is one of the only forms that does place this unique premium on strength to weight ratio. I mean, I think we were, we've talked about it. You've seen those big dudes who can 
deadlift, ungodly amount of weight, but can't even do a pull up. Yeah, I think we might even talk about that later on, and mm-hmm. the yeah, we'll we'll probably get to that later on. But yeah, I totally understand. It it also enhances what's called kinesthetic, your kinesthetic sense, and what your kinesthetic sense is is your body's ability to know where you are in space and like what each body part is doing. Like, where is your leg? Where is your arm while you're doing a specific movement? Um, sometimes we even call those sensory organs proprioception and stuff like that. But being able to do calisthenic movements, like doing a handstand or even a handstand push up, totally different than just taking a weight and pushing it over your head. You're, ta- you're tapping into so you're tapping into your body's ability to, um, know where you are because you're, you're upside down you're 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 pushing against your own body weight pushing against the floor versus moving a weight through space it's just it, it definitely enhances that kinesthetic sense so i think um another thing about calisthenics why some people don't do it potentially is they they look at that and they go well you know why don't elite power lifters do a lot of calisthenics? Why don't elite bodybuilders do a lot of calisthenics? Why don't, why don't some of these people who are doing these other, in these other camps do them? <clears throat> you know, I, Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't doing a calisthenics only routine and look how jacked he was other than the steroids and stuff like that. <laughs> but what I would, yeah. So almost people are focusing in on just the muscle size portion. It's like, well, calisthenics, they're not going to get my biceps to be huge, like X, Y, or Z. Mm. And what I want to do is kind of reframe um, the question and kind of reframe this to say, remember, we talked about early on that there's what we believe 10 aspects of fitness. This this does come from the CrossFit website. So, you know, people can, you know, crap on CrossFit what, what, or whatever. I was going to say, <laughs> we see the comments from the haters. Why, why would you trust this website, Cam? So... Every, every camp, no one is infallible people. So if you go, if you just follow bodybuilding only, you're, you're missing out. If you follow CrossFit only, you're missing, you know, like there's so many different things where people put all their eggs in one basket <laughs> and because of one aspect or a couple things that this camp does that they don't like, then the whole thing is wrong. And that's, what is that? That's some sort of, a uh, some sort of um, like straw man argument or something like that, where like, if one thing is wrong, then it's all wrong. And that's not true at all. So if you don't like one thing about, or two things about CrossFit does not mean that their definition of fitness, you can 100% learn from them. Yeah. And I mean, I would challenge somebody to define fitness better than these 10 different aspects. I would challenge somebody on that. Um, you might want to try and say, well, maybe not, this isn't like, I have a hard time seeing that these 10 aspects of fitness, um, I would just like to see someone challenge that. And here's what they are. Just Come so on, we can key, kind of, keyboard warriors. Come on, keyboard warriors. You're probably not even, you can't even do a push-up probably. So <laughs> the 10 aspects of fitness, according to CrossFit, which we agree with, is cardiovascular and respiratory endurance which is basically the body's ability to process, gather, and deliver oxygen. Think of like a runner or a biker. You have stamina, which is almost the same thing, but you are doing it near maximum capacity. So think of like a wrestler or like a M- an MMA fighter. Like you are, you're going almost all out. And um, you're, so you're using a lot of that 
um, cardiovascular endurance, but it is higher levels, uh, higher near your VO2 max than just like going on a run. So that's stamina. <clears throat> you have strength, your ability to exert force against an external resistance. You know, think of a strong man or power lifter. We'll talk about the strong men here later. You have flexibility and mobility, which is just the range of motion and fl um, uh, flexibility and length of muscles that surround those joints. You have coordination. And I think we all kind of know what that is. Um, basically being able to combine movement patterns into one singular movement pattern. Think of like a, a, a pitcher, like he's cocking back, he's, he's stepping, he's throwing. So all this thing into throwing the pitch, there's a bunch of different, takes a lot of coordination. Agility, transferring from one direction to another direction, going quick, think soccer and basketball. Then you have balance, um, keeping your center of gravity or keeping your center of mass, um, sorry, keeping your center body center of gravity over your base of support gymnastics, having to be on a balance beam without falling off. I was even thinking of like a uh, people that do that slack line, you know, where they walk across. Oh yeah. That thing is so hard. I couldn't even do it. I could <clears> never <throat> do it. But yeah. that takes a lot of balance, keeping your center of gravity over your base of support. Accuracy, controlling a movement into a specific direction. Think about a quarterback being able to throw a pass. Then you have power, which is uh, strength displayed quickly. Think of a football lineman or Olympic weightlifter. And then lastly, speed, which is, you know, you're basically trying to minimize the time on a given cycle. So uh, think of your stride, like you're trying, if you're going to run faster, you got to make your stride quicker, which is speed. So think of a sprinter. So those are the 10 different aspects of fitness. And I would challenge somebody to say, yeah, that's not fitness because that incorporates everything. If you're just thinking singularly on bench press and uh, barbell curl, then you're missing out on all these other aspects. So yeah, maybe in your camp, you're only looking at strength and power, but there's a lot of others that you're missing out on. And this incorporates sport, uh, weight room things, all that kind of stuff. So we really uh, promote this because I think this is going to make someone a well-rounded athlete. And if you think about calisthenics, Annabelle, I think this is the fun part. Calisthenics, if we think about those 10, is important for strength, relative, not absolute, relative strength, coordination, balance, agility, accuracy, and flexibility. So six out of the 10 calisthenics can help you become a more fit person versus just doing a barbell curl or a lateral raise. You're just working on potentially strength in that regard or hypertrophy, which I wouldn't even say hypertrophy is part of being fit. That is a byproduct of being fit. So mm -hmm. anyway, I think that gets a lot of hate, but it's actually hitting six out of the 10 fitness aspects. That's pretty good. I, I think we should at some point measure it to other training camps and see how many it covers. That's, that's a, we need to do that. But if you're thinking just hypertrophy, then you're missing out on all the other benefits. And as we already talked about, as soon as you start adding weight, you're really not doing calisthenics only. You're starting to do weighted calisthenics or, you know. Which is fine. Which is fine. We actually, we're going to talk about that. Our recommendations, we actually promote that. We want people to do weighted pull-ups and weighted dips and stuff like that. So, Annabelle, tell us a little bit about the absolute versus relative strength. I know we've talked about it in the past, but. I got the giggles. Guys, we'll, we'll be honest with you. We, halfway through the recording, we lost power. And we, we, we were trying to work through it, but we couldn't. 
I wake up and you black. And it will scream in black, and he tried to ramble through. But I was it, rambling through, and I was I don't even know what I was saying. Well, now now that you got your second take here, tell us about Absolute versus Relative Strength. This was our second take. Will calisthenics make you stronger? Yes, but not absolute strength, but relative strength. Relative strength is more your strength compared to your body. Absolute is just as a whole, how much weight can you move? So absolute is not dependent on your height or weight, whereas relative is depending on your size. Yeah. So an example is a 300-pound man deadlifting 300 pounds versus a 100-pound man deadlifting 200 pounds. So in terms of total strengths overall, you would say, okay, the ones that left in 300 pounds, but in terms of relative strengths, the the 100-pound man is actually doing two times their body weight. So, yeah. So like the 300-pound man, obviously the 100-pound man cannot lift 300 pounds, so the 300-pound man is absolutely stronger in terms of absolute, but he can only lift his body weight while the 100-pound man can lift twice his body weight so it's relatively stronger. So you have to take that into example into consideration when you're talking about calisthenics. And as Enable said, they'll make you relatively strong, not absolutely strong, because there's only much. So there's only so much of you that you can lift and manipulate into different positions versus weight on a bar or weight on a dumbbell. And this is strictly calisthenics, not weighted calisthenics. Ex- exactly. So I think it's kind of interesting. So a lot of the time, in order to increase absolute strength, your body weight has to increase. So if you look at powerlifters, sometimes they just look like bays of hail. They're as big as they are wide. You know, they're they're just they're just big people um, because they had to put on a lot of extra weight, even fat, in order to lift more weight. But if you look at some of these calisthenic athletes, they might only be a buck fifty, a buck seventy, and yet they're doing muscle ups and all these crazy different positions. So they're way, you know, smaller in terms of mass and can't lift as much as those power lifters, but they can manipulate their bodies through space better. So a lot of the times, like we talk about that strength to weight ratio is more in the favor of a calisthenic athlete versus a power lifter. So relative strength, not absolute strength. So that was funny what you said, by the way, I just pictured that. Like a big power lifter. <laughs> yeah, so that might not be the best example. I just had a professor in school, and he was talking about going into hospital rooms and having to lift these patients out of bed. And he goes, and some, and, and old Mary here is like a hay bale. This is back in Arkansas. She's big as she is wide. You don't know where to grab. <laughs> so I just always think of just like trying to roll a hay bale out of bed, trying to get him in the wheelchair. Anyway, <clears throat> so speaking of strength, we need to talk about, is calisthenics good for hypertrophy? And as Anvil kind of said earlier about the strength, yes and no. Calisthenics can definitely help you develop muscle, 100%, but only to a point, okay? So think about it. If we know that progressive overload is the driving force behind strength and size, and progressive overload is more than just weight on the bar, go check out our episode on that to kind of see more. But each calisthenic movement only has a couple other progressions before you kind of run out the ability to, you know, like you can go two arms to one arm, you can go two legs to one leg, you know, you can go almost overhead to overhead. But then after that, there's only so much you can do. And doing more repetitions of that aren't necessarily going to make you bigger and stronger unless you're just doing an ungodly amount of volume. So it can develop like to a prison point. Workouts. Yeah, like the prison workouts. But I would even venture to say even those prisoners 
are, are lifting some weights too. I don't think they're just doing calisthenics only. And I could be completely wrong on that, but it can only develop drive. It can only keep driving adaptation to a point until some other stimulus is going to need to come in in order to continue to drive muscle size or strength, which is usually weight or doing different exercises other than just calisthenics. So yes, it is great to build muscle, but to a point. Um, and obviously too, if you keep getting bigger and stronger, you know, and adding total body mass as you're getting stronger, like building muscle, it's actually going to make those calisthenic movements harder. So there's a reason why calisthenic athletes aren't trying to be 200 pounds doing muscle ups, which makes it harder. Um, Mm -hmm. so kind of final thoughts on this hypertrophy kind of segment here is most calisthenic athletes, you know, these are people that we've seen on online or, uh, you know, some more of the more maybe famous ones, they do weight training. They do weighted calisthenics. They are not just doing push-ups and pull-ups. They are doing other exercises and they're definitely adding weight, whether that's a weighted belt or a weighted vest. Cause they had to eventually you can, you can run probably, you know, the variations of push that we mentioned, like the knee push-ups all the way up into for a good excuse me for a good bit but eventually you you need that other stimulus yeah i don't even think i said that so oh you um, did oh wow. no i didn't even say that that's a good <laughs> i skipped right over that so talking about the driving adaptations we'll take push-ups for an example so let's say you can't do a push-up so you start on your knees then you build up enough strength to do normal push-ups and then you build up enough strength to do archer push-ups basically where you're putting more weight on one arm versus the other then you can maybe do feet elevated archer push-ups which is putting more weight through your chest and arms all the way up to like a one-arm push-up but even then, doing a one-arm push-up is not going to give you the chest of Arnold Schwarzenegger. He, Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't doing one-arm push-ups. I would even maybe venture to say he probably couldn't. He probably didn't have the calisthenic and body mastery and kinesthetic sense to do them. But, alas, I don't know. He may be, there may be a video. There might, there might be a video out there. If, if there's a video, you know You know who shit. did do one-arm push-ups was Rocky. You ever watch Rocky? Oh, Sylvester yeah. Stallone could do one-arm push-ups, so maybe Schwarzenegger could too. I don't know. But Rocky could, and we'll we'll leave it at that. <laughs> but there's only so much progression is what we're trying to say before you kind of max out and need to put in some other stimulus. And as we talked about earlier, there's more than one reason to do calisthenics, not just the muscle increase in uh, muscle hypertrophy, like increase in size. We're really trying to build that relative strength, coordination, balance, agility, accuracy, flexibility. It's helping all those different things. Hypertrophy is a byproduct. Of almost uh, uh, hypertrophy is a byproduct of all the exercise, depending on what type you do, whether it's a little or a lot. Um, but there's other reasons to do calisthenics. Does that make sense? Honorable? No, it does. I'm excited for this next part. This is a poem by Cam. This is a poem by, by me. So this next section is talking about body mastery. We've alluded to some of this stuff already, but I'm just going to kind of read from this because I feel like it was kind of, I was just, I was, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day as I was writing this. So (laughs) so I just kind of wrote down, have you ever seen a jacked guy or gal, maybe 200 pounds of muscle, low body fat that can't even do a pull up or maybe can't even do a full pull up, a few pull ups. I have, have you ever seen a jacked guy or gal have limited shoulder and hip range of motion and can't get into certain positions? I have. Have you ever seen a jacked guy or gal that cannot jump onto a box or have multi-directional agility? 
I have. While hypertrophy is great for aesthetics, there is more to fitness. These Those people mentioned above have high mastery over waist, but they lack body mastery in the kinesthetic sense. That was kind of the end of my poem. But the, the whole point of that <laughs> is I actually after I wrote that, I don't know if the interwebs are listening to me. I saw a video on YouTube of strongmen trying to do pull-ups. It was pretty sad. I don't even. I wouldn't even count some of those. The chin wasn't going above the bar, but they could only do like a handful. And these and these guys are lifting ungodly amount of weight, and it's crazy. But they could hardly do a couple pull-ups. Mm. So the body mastery is kind of like what we said earlier: just being able to know where your body is in space, being able to manipulate your body, being able to move your body not just move a weight. And there is a difference, which is now what we're going to talk about with closed chain versus open chain. Um, Annabelle, you've always, you, some, I feel like a couple, couple workouts, you're always like, Kim, which one is this? And you're just kind of quizzing me. What, what is your sense of closed chain and open chain? <clears throat> As a student from the doctor, <laughs> closed chain versus open chain. The easiest way to think that I understand it is Open chain would be more, I think when you say you're moving the body, so closes when you're more fixated on something. Yeah, so closed chain is where you're moving your body through space. Your, what, your extremities, your hands or your feet are fixed to something like the floor mm-hmm. or um, like a bar, while open chain is your extremity, your hand, your feet are moving something like a dumbbell or a uh, straight, uh, like a... Like a like leg bench extension. Bench press being open. Bench press would be open because you're moving push-ups bar. Close. Push-ups close. Exactly. Depending so, on what you're moving, either the, your body or the weight. Exactly. So that's why closed chain does call into account more body mastery. So think about overhead press. You're pressing a weight over your head versus a handstand push-up or even getting in the handstand position. Crazy hard. Way, way hard. Um, I mean, some people don't even have the the body mastery to get up into that position on a wall, let alone, you know, hand standing on the middle of the floor. I was actually practicing these the other day. We had a, um, I had a little, little break during the middle of the day and man, it is, I could only hold like a handstand in the middle of the floor for a couple seconds and only like walk a couple, like, you know, on my hands, a couple, couple steps before like having to go down. It's, it's super hard. And, yeah. um, it's like, it's like when we when we were doing Nordic curls. That's more closed chain. Exactly. But you can man, you can wrap out hamstring curls all day. <laughs> that is that is such a good point. So yeah, Nordic hamstring curls would be a closed chain calisthenics movement, unless you start adding weight versus hamstring curls, which would be an open chain, and you're using weight, so it's not a calisthenic movement. So generally speaking, closed chain does recruit recruit more muscle mass than than typical you know multi joint movements. Think of chin up versus bicep curl. Chin up, your hands are fixed to the bar. You're moving your body through space. You're moving more than just your elbow. You're moving your shoulder, lats, all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> While, you know, the curl is just moving your elbow and just typically working your bicep. And then leg press versus like squat or barbell squat. While a squat is a calisthenic movement, you put weight on it and no longer becomes just calisthenic. But that is a closed chain exercise. And most calisthenic exercises are almost exclusively closed chain. I actually could not think of one that was open chain unless like I was, I was like, maybe you're jumping because your feet are leaving the floor, but you're also pushing off from the floor. Mm. Um, and land. so I would probably even your body's still moving through space. So 
I was still, I was pondering it. Hey, if you know of any calisthenic movements, comment, uh, DM us, tell us. We'd like to know. I just say open chain calisthenics. Yeah, open chain. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you know, you know. So, with all that said, it's like, okay, great. We, we, we know we should probably do some, being doing some calisthenics is more than just hypertrophy. It's, it's, it's going to be good for our general fitness. It gets a lot of closed chain activities into your workout routine and all that kind of stuff. But which one should I do? And what if I'm a beginner? So what are the best calisthenic exercises for beginners? So Annabelle and I came up with this list and, you know, this is just our list. I'm sure other, other people might have a few other different exercises included and that's totally fine. Um, we're not claiming to be infallible here with our uh, best calisthenic exercise for beginners. But we do think that you need to master these movements before you could do any other sort of advanced calisthenic movement, let alone mm-hmm. a weighted calisthenic movement. So here they are. And we kind of put some rep ranges. And these are, honestly, people, these are on the lower end. They're more on the minimal side. That's why we said this many reps plus. Like you want to do this at the minimum, but you should be really doing a lot more potentially before even moving on to the progression. Oh, and one caveat is if you can't do what the ones we're about to mention, do a regression. And if you can do the regression, do the regression to the regression. And if you don't know, know where you're at, yeah. sorry. And if you don't know how to regress an exercise, you know, just, you can, first of all, you can message us. We would we'd be happy to help. But you can also just go online and say, you know, what's the scaling, what's the scaled version of a push-up? Or what's the regression of a push-up? Whatever wording you want to use, scaled or regression. And there's going to be something online. Now, whether it's good or not, you'll find something. So here are the, here, here are the movements. Push-up. Um, that's a very basic calisthenic movement. And we're saying 10 plus. If you can't do 10 plus, you need to get stronger. You need to work on the push-up. And if you can't do them, maybe as Annabelle said, you need to do a regression. Maybe you need to do them on your knees. Maybe you need to do them on your knees with a band around your uh, chest. And that band is strapped to a pull-up bar. So when you go down, it stretches that band to help you come up. I don't know what your regression needs to be. We're not going to go through all of them on here. But mm-hmm. try to get 10 plus push-ups. And that's the bare minimum. Okay, bare minimum. You should be doing a lot more than this before moving on. But 10 plus. Next one is the pull-up or chin-up, whichever one you want to do. Um, and with that, we're saying five plus. We should be doing at least five or more pull-ups before ever moving on to a variation or advanced exercise. Sit-up or crunch, depending on, you know, some people don't like it for your low back, all that kind of stuff. There is a form to sit-ups that help. Um, maybe we can make a video on that. But sit-up or crunch, you should be able to do 20 or 30 in a row before you do any sort of like toes to bar or hanging leg raises and stuff like that, which cause are a lot harder. Then there's air squat, 20, 30 plus. That is literally just you standing and squatting down to parallel and then coming back out, being able to do that 20, 30 times. You should not put a bar on your back unless you can do 20 or 30 air squats. This is like, Mm -hmm. these are, these are the prerequisites to almost all movement patterns, unless you're doing like open chain exercises like leg press and some of these other uh, machine exercises. But if we're talking about closed chain exercises, these are the prerequisites. You can't move on to algebra two if you haven't done algebra. You can't go to calculus if you haven't done whatever comes before calculus. Statistics, I don't know. (laughs) Pre-cal? Pre-cal. Yeah, there we go, Annabelle. (laughs) So you you have to be able to do these before you can move on to others. Uh, Another one is lunge. You should be able to do 20 or 30 lunges 
and these are all straight people. This is not in sets. This, you should be able to do 20 lunges straight. Um, plank, you should be able to hold that for 30 seconds plus. Pike push-up, you should be able to do five plus. A pike push-up is hitting your shoulders. You're more kind of in this type of position, uh, almost like you're doing an inchworm walking up and then doing a a press. So it's, it's going to hit your shoulders more than an actual push-up. You should be able to do five of those before you should ever move on to doing any sort of handstand push-up or anything like that. What do you think about that list, Annabelle, and those numbers? I think it's a good list. And the only comment I was going to say is, I feel like there might be more of an intermediate. So we talked about beginner, we're, we're going to get into advanced lift. What would you say would be some good intermediate numbers to maybe try to hit before someone progresses to some of these advanced calisthenics? Yeah. So before so these advanced there's there's progressions between the push-up and let's look down through here well it's not let's take uh let's take um let's take the pull-up there's 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 uh progressions between the pull-up and the muscle-up okay you have to be able to do a dip you, you not only do you have to be able to do a dip you need to you, you need to be able to do a um, chest to bar pull up. Not so just not just getting your chin over the bar, but bringing pulling up so hard you can pull your chest to the bar. So those are called chest to bar pull ups. You need to be able to do um, hanging leg raises, activate your core to be able to swing and manipulate your body. To, so there's other uh, exercises and progressions before you even get to some of these. Um, I did not make that list. I just made some of the advanced calisthenics. There's movements. too many. Yeah, there's too many. But if we're just looking at, let's look at pull-up. I would say you need to be able to do at least 10 pull-ups before you, sh before you could ever do a muscle-up. Um, and there's other, there's other techniques and there's other exercises that you need to incorporate in order to do a muscle-up. But I'd say minimum pull-up, you need to at least do 10 to be able to do one muscle-up. And that's if you are working on these other progressions and stuff. Um, air squat before you do, can do a pistol. Pistol squats are just hard. That's going to need scaling. You're going to need to do like assisted pistol squats, you know, yeah. eccentric going down to a box and then coming back up on one leg, holding on to like rings or a TRX band and squatting and, and doing single leg. But I'd say, you know, if, if you're able to do 50 air squats, then you could probably start working on some of those progressions. It's just honestly, you, if, as long as you can hit those bare minimums, then start working on some of the progressions and leading yeah. up to these advanced movements. There's not one size fits all. So advanced movements. And these are things you may never do or want to do. And these are just, <laughs> I mean, they're tough. So like a handstand push-up, those are, those are really tough. Um, I did put dips as an advanced technique. I'd probably say dips are probably more like an intermediate technique. You have to be able to do a good amount of push-ups before you could do a dip. But, you know, I put it on here. Muscle-ups, those are, that's an advanced technique. L-sits. Those suck. Those are really hard. Pistol squats, they suck. They're really hard. Mm -hmm. The planche, that's like a really advanced push-up. Those are really hard. And the front lever, obviously really hard. These all take in a lot of relative strength, kinesthetic sense, coordinate. Like it takes all those things we already talked about in order to perform these movements. Um, but these are some advanced movements. And obviously, if you're into calisthenics and there's more advanced movements uh, that you think, DMS, give us a shout out. We'd love to uh, put that on the list. But those would be some advanced things. Okay, and we'll tell them about 
how we think we should program and kind of our general recommendations on calisthenics. Yeah, I think as a whole with calisthenics, it's it, it's a good way to, to train, but I don't think it's strictly in the sense of when we say calisthenics, we mean you're not adding any sort of weight. I guess I want to clear that up first. But there is a lot of benefits that we can we can use. I think weighted calisthenics is a better approach. Mm-hmm. If you want to stick with calisthenics, so you can get like a weight vest and try incorporating that into your routine. So to start out, obviously, you need to master your body and these movements that we've mentioned. So, so don't add any weight. Focus on the technique. And at the beginning, do three sets for as many reps as possible. And you'll you'll know to kind of gauge where you're at. You can do that for for a good bit, and then let's say once you're able to do three sets of ten for push-ups, then you can say, "All right, I'm I'm ready for the next variation of push-ups or the next variation of whatever exercises that you're, that you're doing as a whole." Until you get to the point where like, okay, maybe I want to do weighted push-ups. Yeah, there's a lot of options you, you have there. There and there's 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 so many other ways on how to program. Um, but if you're just looking at like, Hey, I don't, I don't do, you know, really any calisthenic movements or like what, what animal said is the bare basic bare minimum is just to do three sets of as many as you can do resting 60, 90 seconds in between. We don't want, you don't have to get too fancy on doing these things in AMRAP or have a volume day and have like a, a technique like that, that gets kind of into the weeds. But if you're just trying to incorporate these in three sets of as many as you can do. And then that'll give you a good gauge and you can run that for three, four, five weeks. Like you can do that for a while before you might plateau or need to go into a variation. So three sets of AMRAP is what they call them. <clears throat> yeah. You don't have to complicate it. No, there's a lot of people overcomplicate these things and it's just do a little bit more than you did last time. And then next time <laughs> do a little bit more than you did last time. But track it. We do talk about that. You need to track it. Track sure your stuff, people. You're, you're training. You're training. You're not exercising. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just kind of recap everything that we talked about today. Um, I don't know if we sent mixed messages, whether you should do it or not. I hope by that end we said you should incorporate them in. Um, I think a lot of people just will jump off the bandwagon knowing that you can't get as maybe hypertrophy is, isn't as great as like using weights. And we're ne- we didn't necessarily say that. We said it just will you'll only develop to a point before progressive overload needs to be applied uh, with using weight. But it is calisthenics is the reliance of your own body weight as the sole source of resistance. This does place this unique premium on strength to weight ratio, which we think is super important. Most calisthenic exercises are closed chain, which recruits more muscle and causes more body mastery and kinesthetic sense. Um, There are those basic movements that you need to master before you should ever put a barbell on your back and squat. Um, we recommend starting with three sets of as many reps as possible, working towards that rep goal and then progress with either using weight or a progression of that exercise. And those are the bare minimum. You might need to do more before you go to the progression. And you'll know when you start that progression, you can't do it. You're like, well, I need to, I need to actually maybe get five or 10 more pushups each set before I can do this. So you know who you are if you're not including calisthenics in your routine and you know which ones you're weak at and are trying to avoid mm-hmm. like the pull up. <clears throat> I'm not speaking to anybody. <laughs> Annabelle can deadlift a butt ton of weight, but we're working on his pull-ups. <clears throat> we'll get so, there. We'll get there. Master the basics. Master the basics. 
Annabelle, you got anything else? That's all that I got, Doc. That's all that I got. Hopefully this was helpful, a good field guide to calisthenics. Yeah, like we like telling you guys at the end of every episode, remember, you are human. You should not seek perfection, but daily improvement. See you guys. See ya. See ya.